0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living with Outdoors I'm on the mic with you in the truck once again. I am uh, actually just left the shop on my way to the house. Boy, it's hot. I don't know how many of y'all. I'm I'm really thankful for where I get to work this week. I'm working in uh, my son Chris's shop, and he uh, he fooled around and put in air conditioning, so. It's cool, at least, in there. I'm not dying outside like I have been out in some of these other job sites, but but boy, it's still hot. I just uh, hooked onto a trailer to take it back over to my house and on my way there, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I want to share something with you because I'm really struggling with some stuff. I'm just kind of, and I, and I know a lot of us are struggling right now, it seems. I mean, I think most of us, if we would admit it, life's not... Just like handing out bowls of homemade ice cream right now, uh, I wish it was. I could use some right now, but the struggle is real we've heard that phrase right well here's another phrase for you that I want to share and this is uh, this is this kind of hit me this afternoon. Uh, I was struggling through some things I, i'm dealing with a lot of stuff and and, and what hit me, what this, that wound up being the title to this message, because God, I think, really began to just kind of kick me around the soccer field a little bit today. What I titled this is, Practice What You Preach. Now, I know that some of us have heard that phrase before, right? Maybe we've used it a time or two. Maybe we've said it to somebody. Maybe it's been said to us. Maybe you ought to practice what you preach. Well, God kind of said that to me today. I spend a lot of time talking to folks, helping them deal with life's issues and life's struggles. I hear from many who struggle with anxiety and fret and fear and the unknowns and sickness, and I mean, all kinds of struggles and challenges that we all face on a regular basis. Just this week, I spoke with a friend who's struggling with depression Uh, and I would imagine um, has many anxious moments as they deal with the current challenges that they're facing. I do my best to share scriptural-based wisdom. I, I don't know anything. I can't fix anything. Because after all, it's, it's God's, God alone who truly brings peace into any storm that we may be facing. With that being said, I find myself often struggling with anxiety. I've talked a little bit about it. I worry, and I fret, and sometimes it's over the silliest stuff. I actually react to anxiety in a really dumb way. It just makes me mad. It makes me angry, not at anybody, but at myself, that I I allow anxious moments, anxiety, to take me to the places that it takes me. As I'm writing this message, I nearly have thrown up, due to my anxiety that's just running rampant this week as I stress over several things in my life. There's a lot of stuff. And sometimes some of it I bring on myself. Some of it's just life circumstances. Some of it's things that we have to think about and, and, and know how we're going to handle this or what are we going to do here or there. But I wind up with this ridiculous reaction to anxiety. I gag. And today, this afternoon especially, it's just been overwhelming. I I mean, I'm I'm angry. I've I've gotten to the place where I've I've almost broke down in tears because I, I have trouble controlling something that I feel like, for me, is something just so petty and so silly because I don't have any real reason to be fretting or be anxious about anything. I, I, I'm i doing my job. I'm, I'm doing my work, and I'm progressing. I'm, you know, I'm not failing. But for whatever reason, this anxiety attacks me, and and I I, I get really angry. It's how I handle it. It's how I deal with it. Whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant. I'm just saying that a lot of people out here today struggle with life. We're just fighting for life. We're fighting our way through things trying to make it to the other side. This, the title of this message came bounding into my, my head just just moments ago. Why don't you practice what you preach? Now, it's quite easy to tell someone what they should do or how they should handle a particular matter. I, I do that frequently. It's, it's, it's quite different, however, and even difficult to navigate through our own personal storms. Now, I just preached a message about this particular thing, so it kind of came back to my mind. I, I was talking about, you have a story. That's, that's the name of the podcast. We all have a story, right? But I shared a, a passage of Scripture with you where Jesus and his disciples had just, fin- Jesus just finished talking to a crowd, and, and he and his disciples had gotten into a boat, and they had said, let's, let's row- Jesus said, let's row to the other side. So they wound up going over to the garrisons where the demon-possessed man was, right? Well, in their trip across the sea, I, I don't know how big a water that was, no idea. Not familiar with that region, don't even know the ocean they were in, whatever they were doing. But they're, they're rowing, because it's, you know, it's a rowboat, and it's at night, or I assume it's evening. They're rowing across, and, they, and the weather gets a little gnarly. Now, I have been on some bodies of water when the weather got a little ragged. I've, I've been in between wave swells that I could not see bank. I thought I was going to die on Lake Texoma more than one time. I've, I've been on some crazy bodies of water and some really rough things. Scared. So I understand the fear. Well, this is what happened. Jesus, I mean, he's been ministering, right? He's been talking to people. He's been doing what Jesus does. So he's down in the hull of the boat, and he's asleep. These guys are up there fighting for their life, they feel like, anyway. And, and <laughs> I'm going to use the MOV, which is my own version here, because I, I didn't bring this scripture up. But when, when Jesus was awakened from his sleep by his disciples, they're rowing the boat across the stormy sea, and they woke him up. And I love what they said. Do you not care that we're about to die? In other words, they were frustrated. They're afraid for their life, and they find Jesus sleeping just enjoying a little nap. And it frustrates them. And you can hear the frustration in what they said is, do you not even care that we're about to die? And what did Jesus do? I love this. He said, oh, you have little faith. Have you learned nothing from me yet? Now, they've seen the miraculous. They've seen some incredible things. And they're faced with a wind and a little storm. And they're afraid for their life. When they've got... Jesus, the Son of God, in their boat. They're afraid for their life. There's a lot of things that can be played into this. Jesus said to the storm, I love this because he he gets up, and you got to know, he's he's like, All right, all right, come with me. So they go back up on the top deck. The storm's raging. Guys are trying to hold the boat together. It's ugly. Waves are crashing. Maybe there's lightning. Maybe there's thunder. I don't know. A lot of wind. And Jesus rebuked the wind, and he spoke to that wind. Some of the versions, I think it's the King James Version, actually says he uses the phrase, peace, be still. I think in the Amplified it says, hush, be still. Jesus told the storm to hush. He told the storm, peace, be still, and it obeyed him. Now, of course, you know, again, the disciples once again get to witness the very awe of God. The the fact that the storms, the waves, the sea obeys the command of Jesus. Now, Romans chapter 4, I I went to Romans chapter 4, I was looking for a particular phrase that, again, it's something that we use uh, quite frequently, I think, sometimes. But I went looking for it, and Romans chapter four is speaking about the faith of Abraham. Now you'd have to go back and look at this passage of scripture, and I would challenge you to do that to put it into context. Um, it's speaking about the faith of Abraham. God has promised him some big things, big big things, but they've not come to pass yet. And Abraham was getting up in his years. Matter of fact, I think this particular passage talks about him being about a hundred. He's like 100 years old, but check out what it says in verse 17 and 18 of Romans chapter 4. It says, and I'm going to use the Amplified here. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm going to use the New Living Translation just because of the way it words it. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing verse 18 goes on to say even when there was no reason for hope Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said to him that's how many are nas- descendants that you will have so you understand this I mean Abraham's been been given some big big promises he's way up in age Sarah his wife is way up in age God's told him he's gonna be the father to many nations and he don't have any children right I mean he ain't got nothing so how's he gonna be and now not only he but Sarah is way past parenting can you imagine having a child at the age of 100 holy cow I mean I'm like Pressing on the edge of sixty, and I'm thinking there ain't no way. I've been done with that for a long time. I, I mean, God, it, well, it'd be miraculous anyway. But I, I mean, I couldn't handle that. That's, just, I mean, but so here he is. He, he's he's really having to hold on in faith to what God has spoke to him. He, he's not anxious about it. He's just having faith, right? And, I love how this explains this. I did some research here. Some, there, there's some word of faith people, some groups, some ministries that, re, that really misuse Romans 4.17. They, they teach a name it, claim it doctrine. And that is not what's being said. According to this false doctrine, we can speak God's word over our finances, our bodies, our automobiles, etc., and see miraculous results to our benefit. Just speak his word and miracles happen, right? All we need is a confession and enough faith. And see, that there's the hinge. When we don't see it, they say, well, you just don't have enough faith. Such a mistruth. If we have enough faith, God will transform the physical realm into an environment of blessing. We can, I love this. Here's, here's the phrase I'm saying. We can speak those things that are not as though they are sit back and enjoy the fruit of our words. Of course, Romans 4.17 is not remotely about the power of our words. It doesn't matter what we say. Now, I would say, yes, pray the word over your circumstances. Pray the word over your finances. Seek the Lord's counsel. Seek his will. Make sure you're in alignment with his will, expecting an answer from him. Listen, if we're if we're dangling around in sin, how can we expect God to answer anything from us? The Bible's pretty clear on that fact. But, but when we're a believer, when we're following Christ, myself, I, I'm speaking word over me, and, and I'm praying, God, whatever it is, your will for my life be done. I don't understand it. I, I, I doubt I ever will. The struggles, the things. It has absolutely nothing to do with the power of my words. It has everything to do with the power of God's promises and his faithfulness to keep those promises. That's where this all comes into play. It's an understanding that faith, faith is the, 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 the thing that I have to hold on to because of what God's word says. I believe his word by faith. I believe what he's spoken to me by faith. I seek Him by faith. I call out to Him by faith. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with me speaking promises over my life. This anxiousness, I can I can speak all day long to it, but it's something inside of me that's got to change. It's not just this name it claim it thing. It's it's not speaking out those things that are not as though they are. That that's that, the name and claim it. And I, I've used that phrase in, in, in passing in fun. You know, when someone says something, that's, I speak that thing, which is not as though it worked. And there's nothing wrong with believing by faith that God's promises, God's promises, not our words, not our wishes, not our dreams, God's promises are going to come to pass. Everything must be laid at his feet and allow his will to take over. It can't be about our will. It can't be about our desire. It can't be about our choice. I begin, I, I, I'm coming back to that practice what you preach. You know, I, I, I struggle with this. Isaac, the son, the son of promise, was given to Abraham. He was not born because Abraham confessed or declared certain words, but because God promised he would be. I, I challenge you today, as, as well as myself here, spend some time with the Lord. Get personal. When troubled times come, and, and they will, let His Spirit lead you through the darkness by His light. We win as long as we stay on His team. Let let you know, Wake Him up and say, God, I need you to speak to my storm. I need you to calm the fears in me. You know, speak the Word of God over your life. His promises, believing by faith that He will do what He says He'll do, In his timing, not ours, we have to trust that God will provide when he sees fit. And when we do so, when we hold fast to that, God will release things in our lives. He'll set us up. He'll he'll, he'll overturn things. He'll give back what the enemy has stolen from us. But it's all when we put our complete faith and our complete trust in him and let him have his way in us. Be anxious for nothing. Don't don't, don't give don't give this due. Be anxious for nothing. Let God have His way in your life. Amen. Ooh, that's some good words. I actually meant to go back and get that scripture and I didn't. I believe it's uh, Philippians four six and seven. Let me just look that up real quick while we're here. Um, uh, it says, "Do not be anxious." or worried about anything but in everything every circumstance in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving continue to make your specific request known to God verse 7 says And the peace of God that uh, uh, the peace of God that that peace which reassures the heart that peace which transcends all our understanding that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. God's peace is yours. It's not a name it, claim it. It's, a, it's an according to his word. When we, when we speak his word and we believe in his promises and we have faith that, they are, that his promises are yes and amen. In his time, he will set us free. He will calm our storms. He will see to it that we make it to the other side safe and sound. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and following along on our broadcast, our podcast. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to just free wheel from time to time. I need it because I, too, suffer through these things. I struggle with my life. I struggle with my anxiety. I struggle with my worry and my fret. I know there's really not any reason to. God's going to do what God's going to do. We simply have to trust him, be obedient to him, and, and watch him do his thing. Amen. I'm praying for you. Rhonda and I pray for our listener base. I thank you so much for all the support you give us, the prayer that we get from you. Man, we can't do this without you. We're so thankful that we've got friends and family that are walking with us in this project, in this, this, this day-to-day ministry that we're doing. As we continue to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.